Hello and welcome. From Oraro and Company Advocates, my name is Cindy Oraro, a partner in the firm's corporate and commercial practice, specializing in energy, infrastructure, and projects. And my name is Anna Kandu, an associate at the firm's real estate, banking, and finance department. And this is the OCO Roundtable podcast series. So today, we delve into the world of ESG and sustainability. In today's dynamic business environment, environmental, social, and governance, ESG factors play an increasingly pivotal role in shaping corporate strategies and decision-making. As global stakeholders demand greater accountability and responsible practices, understanding the legal implications and best strategies surrounding ESG becomes imperative for businesses to thrive and create a lasting impact. Um, In today's episode, we have the pleasure of hosting Linda Ehudia, the CEO and Principal Consultant, ESG and Sustainability at Catapult Africa. Among her areas of competence is her ability to incorporate ESG frameworks and mandates, carrying out sustainability due diligence, assessing ESG risks, and developing sustainability reports according to best practice. Um, She's also highly skilled in working with companies and organizations to hold and articulate a clear position concerning the UN SDGs, or Sustainable Development Goals, while suitably aligning these to organizations and institutions as strategic plans and business models. Uh, Linda has ESG and Impact Investment Certification from the Frankfurt School of Finance and Management, accreditation from Babson College. She's also an alumina of the Sherry Blair Foundation and completed her board corporate governance training with the Women on Board Network, of which she's a member. And in addition, she is a member of the International Society of Sustainability Professionals, ISSP, the Boardroom Africa, uh, amongst others. Uh, She holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration with a major in Entrepreneurship from the Swiss Management Academy. In addition to this, Linda has 20 years of working experience in banking, telecommunication, and has led in management for international uh, non-government or non-profit organization, INGOs, and other notable organizations. Linda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Cindy. Thank you for that introduction. Anna, I'm glad to be here. Before we dive into today's topic, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you got into ESG. Again, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak at this roundtable on on ESG and sustainability. Um, My interest in ESG and sustainability is actually, um, it stems from social justice, so to speak, and being able to be in a position to be able to speak for companies coming out of Africa. And I felt that there was a great need and a space that was a bit of a vacuum, so to speak, in relation to this. So um, as Anna mentioned earlier, I used to work for an international NGO that was very focused on uh, impact investment and social investment. And that would, it, 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 um, even as the, the field was growing, there was that conversation of where does Africa fall into this conversation? I worked in this space from about 2006, uh, left for a little while to do something else. But through COVID, realized that there was a lot happening within this space. And one of the best ways to be able to get into a space is to go back to school. So that is what I did. I went back to the Frankfurt School of Finance and Management and got a certification for ESG and impact investment. So over the last three years, I've been working around training and also being able to work with companies 
around being able to integrate ESG and sustainability into their business models and around their strategies. And it's been quite an interesting development in this field. And I look forward to having and discussing this more. Thank you. Great, Linda. Um, maybe you could also tell us a bit about your work at uh, Catapult Africa and um, some of the things you're doing there. What we're focusing around and what we've realized is a gap is the realization that ESG is a reality, but also, for, uh, also demystifying it for those who are looking to understand what it's all about. Um, a lot of the clients that we have worked with have, first of all, tried to understand how is this going to impact their business in the long term and why is ESG important. That's where we come in in terms of being able to, first of all, create that awareness around training, being able to have businesses and organizations look and see that the whole net zero agenda does affect them directly as a business, but also personally. And then also being, having that buy-in is uh, bringing about the realization like, yes, okay, let's, let's move alongside with this and see how we can be able to integrate it into the business. So it's been a slow but steady realization within the continent. And I think conversations like this is what is also very helpful in being able to have people have that awareness that it is important to be able to integrate ESG and impact investment into their into their businesses and organizations. That's quite insightful, Linda. What are some of the emerging ESG trends that you have seen in the recent years on the African continent? Thanks, Cindy. What we've realized, first of all, is the issue of acceptance. And even as I've stated earlier, the fact that we are actually having this conversation is an indication of the importance of ESG. There are so many factors and moving parts around this conversation from a legal perspective, from an accounting perspective, from an integration perspective, being your your business processes and and workings. And what we've realized is that Kenya, Africa is never far behind in relation to such conversations. And we realize that even as we are, are doing this, you'll find that those who are multinational organizations are bringing on board these things and these factors into businesses within Africa. Um, my focus has been as well around SMEs, and they are the ones who we need a lot more convincing in terms of why is this important. So the trend has been a lot of wait and see, but there's also been that curiosity. And the fact that the conversations are taking place in Africa is, I think, an important milestone. One of the things that we've also realized is that the fact that even from a national level, from a policy perspective, we have regulatory disclosures that are coming into play. I think that's one of the things that is very important for us to be able to to take on and look at as a credit. In Kenya, for example, we have the Nairobi Securities Exchange where we have disclosures for companies that are listed. Uh, we are finding that many of them are taking on board, but there are gaps and being able to then realize what do we need to do in relation to that. The fact that they are policies that are coming about is also very important for us to be able to know but we also need to be able to look internally as as African businesses and be able to see not just adapting for what is out there for the world, but also what is relevant to us as countries and also being able to do business together and what will be the implications in the long run. The first thing is that there is awareness that is there and it is important to be able to, to recognize that. There are policies that are coming into play. And I think the other thing that I would also want to be able to bring to our attention, or even in, in this, in light of this conversation, is even uh, the Africa Climate Week, that it was so highly regarded and recognized globally, 
and that there was a lot of very useful and important conversations that came about as a result of this. So I think those are some of the things that I'd just like to highlight in relation to things that are coming out of Africa. Thank you, Linda. Um, that's actually quite comprehensive. And maybe now to a different question uh, with respect to perhaps the businesses that you advise or clients that you advise. Um, in this evolving landscape of ESG initiatives, what are some of the key opportunities you see for businesses and companies in Africa to enhance their sustainability efforts and the bottom line benefits? And how can they now leverage uh, ESG principles to stay competitive in the market? One of the things that we realize is that there are so many standards. There are very many standards that people are looking at and what they call the, the soup alphabet. And um, that is one way of being able to see what does this mean to us from all these standards, all the frameworks that are currently available and what is relevant to us. So we have those frameworks that are available, things like the CDP, things like the, the sustainability development goals that people are very well aware of. And we have standards uh, like the Global Reporting Initiative and such like. And what is important is for us to be able to look and see what, how is this relevant to us? First, on one hand, in relation to mitigation, and on the other hand, in relation to adaptation. And one of the ways that we can be able to do that is looking at our data. That has been a really huge aspect of where do we go from there and what data do we have in our hands and how is that relevant to us. So in terms of businesses, one of the things that is very crucial is being able to go into a business and understand what do we have in our hands in the first place and how is this important to us moving forward around mitigation and adaptation and how will it inform and relate to our bottom line in relation to materiality. Because you'll find that in businesses, you're having your financial reports that you're putting out. But within the next few years, having a sustainability report is going to become mandatory. So if that is the case, what do you then do in terms of moving forward? So in terms of businesses, that is the first thing that we ask. What do you have in place around your environmental? What do you have in place around your social? And what do you have in place around your governance? With your policies across the board in terms of your business processes, and especially this has been within the banking sector because you'll find that one function affects another function, but do they really speak to each other in relation to the issues to do with sustainability and ESG? We'll also find that there are companies that are looking to be to invest in businesses in Africa, in Kenya, and especially out of Europe. They have the EU taxology, and it is vital for them that if they're going to make an investment outside or anywhere, that ESG protocols have been integrated into a business. So we go in, we go into a business and then look, what is your end game and why are you doing what you're doing? And then work backwards in terms of being able to see what you have in place, what is your materiality exposure, and then being able to then see how do you integrate it into your strategy? How do you integrate it into your business, into your business model? And then being able to see as a follow up of that, what is your plan? What do you want as an end game? So that is how we've been working with them. But I think the key focus and the first thing is being able to understand the why. Without the understanding of the why someone is doing something, you'll find that you lose momentum, you lose passion, and it is a key component of success, even as you're working around integrating ESG and sustainability into a business. Thank you, Linda. This brings us to ESG metrics and reporting, which can vary widely across industries and regions. 
How can businesses navigate this complexity and effectively integrate ESG considerations into their strategic planning and decision-making processes? Okay, thank you very much for that, Cindy. And I just want to be able to say, I think that addresses the issue of the how. And I want to say it is very much process-driven. To be able to then integrate this into your processes, the first and foremost thing is being able to have a stakeholder buy-in. By this, I mean the boards of businesses need to understand why they are doing this. Because if you do not have the board, uh, your board or your stakeholders into them embracing ESG and understanding that this is important and not just a fad, it just doesn't fall into place. And then the other thing that is important is being able to have similar or parallel training, both for those who are in management and those who are executing, and also for your board. Because when you when you find that two different people are having different conversations, things get lost in there. And one person is not understanding why this is important to the other. So one of the key ways of being able to do that, addressing the how, is also having a champion and having conversations, both from the ex-core position, but also from the board position. And also then being able to understand are we aligned and are we on the same page in relation to where we are going and having a common vision. Having that in place is critical in terms of having a success story in integrating ESG. The other thing that is also important is the, I want to call the elephant in the room. What does it cost? You'll find a lot of people are adverse to, they don't understand why are they spending this amount of money to being able to integrate ESG. But when that is a factor that is well addressed and well understood in terms of long-term gain, you'll find that it moves about pretty smoothly. But I think it also is also being able to integrate this ESG into whatever is currently on board. In terms of from a board perspective, if you have a HR or you have a risk department, being able to look at what what have we understood as risk for the business and then being able to understand what is our exposure to it. For example, even from a legal perspective, even as we're having this conversation, how are you going to be able to protect your clients in terms of a greenwashing, for example, being accused of greenwashing, or being able to tell them to mitigate against greenwashing, or even then looking at adaptability around that factor. Once I think that is demystified, is understood by the client that this is the potential exposure that they have in relation to ESG, I think it gives a bit more understanding and incorporation into the work that is done. So even as that is being set out, one of the things is being able to do what they call a materiality test. So even being able to have all the stakeholders in place, those who are in relation to risk, the accounts department, the legal department, the HR, and then just being able to see what is common to all of us in terms of what do we want to put into the business. Then after that, being able to look at it from a baseline perspective, where are we working from, and then set those goals out. And then after that, being able to then identify what are the gaps that the business has in relation to ESG and how do we want to be able to meet those gaps and formulating that plan and putting out across the KPIs that are needed to be able to do that. I think once all those are in place, it becomes very easy then or easier for a business to be able to then look at how they are able to report on an year-on-year basis, both on the short term and then working towards goals and having a vision as the years go by. Those are some of the ways and factors that we can be able to look at integrating ESG and helping a business with their metrics and their data in terms of going forward. Um, I think maybe just one last question, um, just on the reporting standards and trends that we've seen uh, recently. Would you say that there's something specific for Africa or 
a standard or a framework that um, African businesses can use, or that's also something that's in the works? I would like to say that's something in the works. But you see, what has happened in, uh, for example, we have the IFRA, which is the International Financial Reporting Standard Organization that works globally. And um, in June this year, they actually released the first standard, which I think is a great milestone globally because what has happened is that it has been an area that has been deeply fragmented in terms of who is actually putting out, what do we listen to, given, as I said, the many frameworks that are in place, the many standards that are in place. And the goodness of it is that they have recognized people like uh, GRI, CDP, our organizations who have been working in this place in this space for a long time, the, CF, the TCFD, and they've actually looked and said, you guys have been doing a very good job in terms of what you have put out and helping organizations be able to get to the place they have been. So we're going to take on what is best practice from what you have done and be able to disseminate and work with various um, help the business community in relation to this. So I think that standardization is a great thing. So being able to work with organizations that are like the IFRS is very useful and very helpful in the way forward. And just being able to then see locally who is also doing that, or even uh, Africa-wide, and then continue with those conversations. And that will be able to help us so that we're not, it's not something that is out and alone and isolated, but within the, I wouldn't want to call it confined, but within the same space and all of us speaking the same language to enable us to move in the right direction together, because it's not something that can be done in isolation. Thank you, Linda. That was quite uh, insightful and eye-opening. As we come to the close of today's engaging discussion on ESG, we would like to express our sincere appreciation to our guest, Linda Ehodia, for sharing her expertise and invaluable insights. Linda, your contributions have undoubtedly enriched our understanding of the multifaceted landscape of environmental, social, and governance factors in the business realm. Same here, and thank you so much for the opportunity. We would also like to say a big thank you to our listeners, both near and far, for your unwavering commitment to staying informed about ESG and other legal considerations. At Aurora and Company Advocates, we want to remain dedicated to providing comprehensive legal guidance and to support businesses navigate these uh, complexities of ESG frameworks and to strive for sustainable growth. Remember, the dialogue does not end here. We invite you to stay connected by subscribing to our podcast. Your feedback is also valuable to us, so feel free to share your thoughts or questions through our social media channels. Finally, we hope to have you listen to our upcoming episodes. Until then, stay safe, stay curious, and chase the boundless horizons of knowledge. Goodbye and take care.